This is Dan Perkins. I'm the executive producer of Moms Across America. Today we have a show that is special in many different ways. On December the 19th, the Colorado Supreme Court, in a 4-3 to three decision, decided that Donald Trump's name will be taken off the primary ballot and, potentially, the general election of ballot of 2024. We were given the incredible opportunity to speak with Dave Williams, the chairman of the Republican Party for the state of Colorado. In addition, we had the opportunity to speak with Chairwoman Ms. Vicki Tompkins and Vice Chairman Todd Watkins of the largest county in Colorado about this event and what the party plans to do to attack this adverse decision. As the state party begins to react, look for updates on Moms Across America. Now, here's your Moms Across America host, Vicki Tompkins. Dan Perkins Media proudly presents Moms Across America, a program where women can speak their minds openly and freely without fear of reprisal. Moms Across America is about the issues of the day confronting America from a mom's point of view. And now, here are the moms. Moms Across America, this is Vicki Tompkins. Today, I have Dan Perkins is going to be co-hosting with me. And let me just go ahead and get this out of the way because we don't have a lot of time with our guests today. Um, remember, get your free constitution at ashbrook.org forward slash constitution, because some of what we're going to be talking about today has a lot to do with the constitution. Our guest today is Dave Williams, as well as Todd Watkins. Now, Dave Williams is the state Republican Party chair in Colorado. I don't even really know how to start on this one because there's so much to unpack with what's going on in Colorado. However, Kind of give us a, a rundown, Dave, on how in the world did Colorado get to this point where they feel it is proper to remove Donald Trump from the primary, not the regular ballot, the general ballot, but the primary ballot? That's a good question. I mean, it, it, we don't have enough time to kind of go through the history, but the point is that Democrats have taken control of the elected offices in the state as well as the judicial branch of our of our uh, government. So it's not terribly surprising that they would do this, but I, what I do think is important to note is that they're desperate. They're desperate. They're afraid that Donald Trump is going to beat Joe Biden, so by hook or by crook, they're going to do whatever they can to eliminate the competition instead of actually making the case in the court of public opinion. So just to kind of set the stage, this is a constitutional crisis in the making. You have four unelected judges appointed by the, the president's opposition party rivals who have just said that you don't get to vote on this candidate. You can vote on these other approved candidates, but not this one, especially when we know for certain that Donald Trump has neither been charged nor convicted with insurrection, but yet it's a basis for the disqualification. This is a violation of free and fair elections, this is a violation of our First Amendment freedom of association rights as a party, and this this violates due process of law. We can't be we can't be punishing someone who hasn't been convicted nor charged with a crime, especially given the fact that this is a the freedom of speech issue. Donald Trump said what he said about about January 6th. He said what he said about the election in 2020, but he did so in a way that was peaceful. He did so in a way that didn't violate any of our of our laws or incited any sort of violence in any in any way. But yet here we are, radical Democrats are using this as a basis to remove an option uh, from the ballot for our voters. This is bigger than Donald Trump. If they can do this to Donald Trump, they can do it to any candidate they don't like. In fact, exactly. they've kind of already done this in their own party with respect to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or Bernie Sanders before him. 
the Democrat establishment is deathly afraid of anyone threatening their own power base. And so we shouldn't be surprised that if they did it in their own party, they're definitely going to try and do it here because they know push comes to shove. Come November 2024, Donald Trump is going to defeat Joe Biden because he is such a bad president. He's the worst president in the history of this nation. And if you don't believe me, go out there and try to live uh, the life that you would normally live. Are you better off now or were you better off four years ago? I think the answer is simple. With rising prices, with bad economy, with, bad economy, with a world uh, in tatters and, and desperately wanting leadership, we're just not getting that from Joe Biden. And so they know. They know that if this was a fair, straight-up fight, they're going to lose. So what are we doing? Uh, because I have limited time. I'm sure that's the question right. you ask. What are we going to do to fight this? Well, first and foremost, we're going to, we're going to appeal the case to the United States Supreme Court. We're a party to this case. We intervened early on. And we're going to go ahead and, and get our briefings drafted, finalized, and submitted uh, to SCOTUS as soon as possible, probably within the next few days, if not sooner. Uh, number two, I'm going to go to the Republican National Committee and seek a waiver that we can convert our primary to a caucus process. Um, if, if the Supreme Court rules that Donald Trump can stay on the ballot, then we won't change anything. But if, right. if we don't succeed in this, if the Supreme Court, for whatever reason, rules in favor of the other side, then we are going to have a caucus system where Donald Trump can still be supported or even opposed by Republicans in Colorado so that we can make sure that all candidates have a fair shot at winning delegates who will then go on to the national convention and nominate whoever they want. Most likely Donald Trump, but again, that's not what this is about. It's about protecting the right of Republican voters to decide the nominee that they choose, not some unelected, you know, group of judges or or a corrupt Secretary of State just wants to violate our our ability to make our voices be heard. So that's what we're doing. I have a few more minutes, so if you got any other questions, I'm happy to answer them. Well, my biggest thing is, you know, I'm here in the state of Colorado, uh, and most people who have been watching our show they know that I'm the county party chair in El Paso County which is the largest county in the state, and Todd is our vice chair. The thing that I think a lot of people are asking me, because I've already been getting the emails, <laughs> you know how that is, asking me, what are we going to do? So I guess my question to you is, Dave, is what is it that you are desiring to see the county parties do to assist in this, in this situation? Well, the county parties need to continue on with their plans to hold a caucus, and they need to anticipate the uh, possibility of having increased participation if we're going to do the pivot into the caucus away from the primary. But generally speaking, every Republican or anyone that cares about this needs to visit our website at cologop.org. Again, that's cologop.org. And chip in, donate to what we're doing, because this is all going to cost a considerable amount of resources. And that's at a minimum why the Democrats are doing this. They know that's that right. they can use their dark money groups to interfere in our election processes and, and force us to expend our resources to defend against it. So we need to fight fire with fire. I need everyone's help. Go to our state party website, cologop.org, and please chip in so that we can make sure that Donald Trump is a valid candidate for our system, but more importantly, so that Republican voters can have that choice. I have two questions. Number one, is the Colorado primary a party-specific primary, meaning only Republicans, registered Republicans, can vote in the primary? No, it's an open primary, unfortunately. It's an open, okay. Now, number two, um, I've been following this story since the news break, and thank you for giving us an opportunity to talk to you. The mainstream media is not 
your friend. Because the, <laughs> what the mainstream media is saying is that the Supreme Court in Colorado has decided to take Donald Trump's name off the ballot. They don't go on to say for the primary election. They're saying off the ballot as if nobody can vote for him based on their rule. And you pointed out earlier, but I, I encourage you seriously to make sure that your message includes the idea that this is not for the general election. This is specifically for the primary election ballot. I think that's well, important. Well, our understanding is that the the two go hand in hand. If he's disqualified from the primary, he will not be allowed to be on the, the general election ballot in Colorado. So there's a little bit of ambiguity there. I do think that ultimately we're going to win in the Supreme Court, but I've been wrong. I've been wrong with respect uh, to predicting how these courts are going to rule uh, at the district level and the Colorado Supreme Court level. So I, I don't know. All bets are off. But what I will tell you is that we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that Donald Trump, should he be the nominee, is given every opportunity to win uh, support uh, for a general election uh, campaign against Joe Biden. So I think it remains to be seen. But by all accounts from the attorneys that we've been dealing with, this is not just a primary uh, election process uh, that they're interfering in. This is a general election process as well. So the, the idea that the people of Colorado would be uh, shut out, there would only be a Democratic or independent candidates on the ballot in Colorado. If assuming Donald Trump wins the nomination in Milwaukee, yeah. I mean, it, it, that assumes a lot of things, right? It assumes that the Colorado Supreme Court decision is uh, upheld and then it carries through. But yeah, that's the danger. So as Vicki asked you about what do the, the, the county chapters do, what should the people, just the, the regular people of Colorado who may be confused about this, what, what do they need to do to get themselves educated and respond? You bet. I got to run here very quickly, but to answer your question, the best thing they can do is they can follow us on social media. They can get onto our newsletter. They can more importantly donate to our efforts to defend the ability to, to have Donald Trump on the ballot by going to cologop.org. Again, that's cologop.org. Get involved in that way. And then for the county parties, just continue to plan for a caucus. But remember that it's you're going to have to plan for an increase in participation because I think there's going to be a lot of angry voters that want to go have their voices heard in support of Donald Trump or whoever uh, in spite of this uh, ridiculous ruling. So I got to run, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Dave. Thank you for joining well, us. I want to thank Dave Williams for being with us here today. But I wanted Todd to be on here with me as well because Todd is the vice chair I'm the chair here in El Paso County, which, like I said earlier, is the largest county in the state. And so this this is very important to us, <laughs> you know, not only as a party, but as a state and not only as a county. And Todd has some insight. Todd has a, an amazing background from being on the border patrol to military. He's just an, a very intelligent man. <laughs> and he brings a lot to the table for our uh, administration here in El Paso County. He is a prolific writer. It's time for a book. We're speaking to Dan about that. Um, and <laughs> he does a great job getting information out for us from our office. He has been an amazing asset to us. 
And Dan, I think what I would like for us to do is just to keep running and then we can yes. just put breaks in later on. Mm -hmm. um, so what I would like Todd to do is give the moms out there an idea. Mm -hmm. uh, we know Dave explained how we got here due to corruption. I mean, let's just, just we'll just put it in one word, corruption. Because you have uh, a democratic rule in Colorado like we've never seen before. It's it's horrendous. And so we're here. We've gone through the process. We went to, through the lower courts. The lower courts said Donald Trump is going to be on the ballot. But the caveat was she had this long dissertation about how uh, he caused an insurrection and blah, blah, blah. And she's making a judgment that she really did not have the right to do. Wallace should never, ever be a judge anywhere after this next election, <laughs> ever. So Todd, I want asked Todd to be on here because I wanted him to give a little background about how they came up with all these different amendments that they're accusing Donald Trump of and how they really don't apply or where they apply, if at all. And so, Todd, if you could do that, and we're probably going to jump in and pepper you with questions here and there. Sure. So I'll start with, if if anybody wants to know what this ruling actually says, it's 213 pages from the Supreme Court. Um, but I would urge people to to find it. It's not, it's not hard to find. Um, but really, the first eight, nine pages kind of tell you where their thought process went, where it is. The rest of it, and, and I'll admit, I haven't gone through the 213 pages yet either, but I, it's going to spend a lot of time discussing the evidence that was presented in the, uh, in the district, Denver District Court, in the lower court, what significance it had, and probably solving some of the arguments that were presented during the oral arguments. Now, remember, the Supreme Court is ruling on this based on everything that was presented during the five days. I think it was a five-day trial five in, mm -hmm. in Denver and uh, the two and a half hours of oral arguments that the court heard, you know, end of November. And let's the, be clear, this is the Colorado. Colorado, Supreme. everybody, I mean, you hear Dave, Dave said it himself, this is indeed going to the U.S. Supreme Court. They're going to appeal this to the Supreme Court. I can't imagine that the that SCOTUS is not going to hear it. This is a monumental case. I think this is the first time that the 14th Amendment has been uh, argued as certainly as regards as a, a president of the United States or a candidate for president of the United States. So this is this is watershed. It's it's landmark. This is precedent setting by you know no stretch, right? But it is it's really important to know that while the media is saying that Colorado Supreme Court has removed Trump from the ballot, and to your your producer's point, you're right, it is the the primary ballot. But yeah, it, it would it would then follow on that they won't let him on any ballot for for president based on Fourteenth Amendment Article uh, Section Three. But there's a caveat to their ruling. And yeah. it's kind of a cowardly uh, caveat, really. So they're saying in, effectively that, yeah, Trump can't be on the ballot unless the Supreme Court uh, agrees to hear this case, the appeal from Trump and the uh, Colorado Republican Party by January 4th. 
if it's appealed and the Supreme Court agrees to hear it, doesn't rule, not not having ruled or decided on it, but just having agreed to accept it onto their docket, then Trump stays on the ballot. So they know. And that's the one part I did read because yeah. you posted that and I read that. And I was like, oh, they're trying to give them way, themselves a way out. They know they're out over their skis on this. Yes. All, all seven of those are, you know, Democrat, Democrat appointed justices to a very liberal left leaning Supreme Court. I did the whole judiciary in Colorado is, is liberal left leaning. So they uh, they raised the flag of their ideology in saying he she cannot be on the ballot, but we know that we can't actually do this. So here's the uh, we'll we'll use the Supreme Court to kind of to allow us to uh to not jump off this cliff that we know we ought not jump off of it, which is removing a presidential candidate, a qualified presidential candidate from a primary race. And at this point, I suppose we should discuss what a primary race is. Right. What that'd be great. I, I want to correct one thing that chairman Williams said about our, our primaries here in Colorado. I know that we have gotten very comfortable with saying, calling them an open primary they're actually partially open. They're not completely open. I, in an actual, in a fully open primary, then anybody could vote on any primary. Democrats would be allowed to to vote on our uh, on our ballot also on the primary ballot. But that's not the case. It's only Republicans and unaffiliateds can vote on our primary ballot. And the same holds true to the uh, Democrat. Uh, party. So our partially open primaries, that only applies to the two major parties. The If if the Libertarians or the Green Party or, you know, na- name another minor party, the American Constitution Party was in the market for having primary elections, it wouldn't, apl- it wouldn't apply to them. Uh, right. Only can vote on that. So it's not completely open. It just allows unaffiliated to cast a vote in the primary elections for either the Republicans or the Democrats being the two major parties. So having said that, a primary election is a nominating process. Right. So it is a not it is the process through which a political party, Republican or Democrat, nominates their candidates to a general election ballot, a true election, like a general election is where you you elect somebody to serve in office. We're not electing anybody to serve in any capacity other than as a candidate to represent the party on the general election ballot. And and Todd, that's what one of the things that makes this so egregious is the fact that it, it, it is eliminating a major party from being able to be a part of that process and saying, this is the guy we want on our ballot. This is the guy that we want uh, to be um, our, and and it's for them to even think that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's pretty bold and pretty stupid. Well, it's, it's election interference, isn't it? I mean, absolutely. This, this, if, if this survives and, and God, I hope it doesn't, you know, I'm, None of us hopes it does, right? right. Uh, then this is the judiciary inserting itself into a nominating process. 
and establishing themselves as the arbiter of who a party can consider as a candidate. Right. This is not nobody nobody's been elected into any sort of official capacity as as being you know the uh, the president elect or the dog catcher elect or anything like that that's not where we are this is literally our nominating process and all of a sudden it seems to be very clear why we wanted to opt out of this process exactly had we opted out we wouldn't be here it is only because we have as a party submitted ourselves to the purview of the secretary of state to manage our nominating process that this is happening at all if we withdrew if we opted out on september 30th from the uh from the colorado state run primary race we would be having this decision process internally and the secretary of state would not have any input in the in this uh neither neither would the courts i i we've We've seen, you know, a few times, even in my short career with within politics, we've seen the courts really shy away from any issues of of politics or political parties saying this isn't this isn't our arena. And uh, they have in the again, a short couple of change years that I've been doing this, they tend to err on the side of that's your own private organization. You have to handle your own disputes and we're not going to enter into this. For your your audience, I would ask them to turn to Michigan and Minnesota who heard cases exactly this uh, to take to take Trump off the ballot. So and there have been six states, Colorado being the sixth, the other five men, Florida, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Minnesota, and Michigan. Minnesota and Michigan are the most significant to me, if only because I examined them more so than the others. But Minnesota and Michigan both rejected these arguments to remove Trump from the primary ballot for basically the reasons that we're talking about here. Primary election is not an election to office. It is a nominating process for the party. It's their business. Um, Also, the threat of Donald Trump becoming the president is so far in the future that it would be inappropriate for for the courts to intervene here. So what we've seen here in Colorado is the judiciary really assumed an authority that it was it has not been given. Minnesota and Michigan both seem to indicate that the way to solve an ineligible candidate, meaning if somebody actually is subject to the 14th Amendment, the the Constitution and and this amendment do not identify the judiciary as the arbiter of that or as the the process of resolution for that. It's it's the the issue of elections and uh, uh, qualifications to office is property of the judiciary. The 14th Amendment even has Section 5. I know Section 3 is the one that's been discussed, but Section 5 says uh, Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. Well, Congress elected to not pass any sort of legislation and enact any statutes pursuant to Section 3. How do you then determine what is applicable as regards in, in an insurrection or rebellion or engaging in that. It, the Congress has not put any sort of a guide paths, guide rails, any sort of compass by which to steer on that. So what you have, and there were three dissenting ju- justices yes. in Colorado, and one of them pointed this out, that what we're doing here 
is applying our own, say, you know, local application of the U.S. Constitution. By doing this, we're setting a precedent for 50 different interpretations of this. So, Todd, where were you reading that from about the amendments? Where were you reading that from? It's, it's called the U.S. Constitution. And that's what I've been, we have been emphasizing this to our viewers at least for a year, Dan, at least for a year. We have right. been encouraging the moms and whoever listens to our broadcast, please get a copy of the Constitution so yes. you can know what your constitutional rights are. So now here we are in a situation where the Constitution is, is being abused by appointed judges mm -hmm. who four of the seven have they even read it do they even know what their jobs are and i always go back to this but we as the american people if we don't even read it if we don't even know what it says or at least have an idea of what our rights are this is the kind of stuff that happens and until and unless the, the U.S. Congress passes uh, legislation, enacts statutes, actual law, yeah. to to then define and and describe what the provisions of Section Three are. In other words, what is an what is an insurrection? That's I that's I would say that's ill defined. Um, yeah. the, the left seems to believe that it's perfectly defined, even though the expert witnesses presented four or five different definitions for an insurrection. I, I would I greatly appreciate that as regards, uh, you know, an infirmity to hold office in this country that the Congress would pass statute explaining exactly what constitutes an insurrection, to whom it applies, because they can't agree on that, right? Because justice right. that it doesn't apply to the president and the Supreme Court says, well, yeah, it does. So there, there's, there's not clarity there either. And then to for the plaintiffs in this, or the petitioners in this case, to uh, argue the uh, the the idea of Section Three is self-executing. How in the name of God can it be self-executing if nobody can decide on actually what it is or what you're supposed to do about it? But it's self-executing. So essentially, what they're saying is that anybody who has any role in the uh, in the electoral process for the president can then say, no, that person is ineligible because they, they engaged in insurrection. Well, who defined that? Well, I did. Um, so based on what? There, there's, there's not enough here. Uh, I, I, I am very hopeful and maybe even a little bit confident that the US Supreme Court is gonna see it this way also in that five other states dared not to go here uh except colorado did right. um, so i i have a feeling that they're going to say this is not the place for the court this is congress has not uh made laws about this although there's a constitutional amendment that 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 identifies insurrection and and infirmities to office because of it uh, it has not really established any guidelines or rules for what that means. How do you determine that somebody did? Uh, it, that was another of uh, the Colorado dissenting justices uh, pointed that out. Uh, what What is the criteria 
what are the criteria for this? And is it is it sufficient? Does it require a jury trial or how about a bench trial, uh, a civil case or a criminal case? We don't know because it's not spelled out. So this, you know, I don't don't take this as my uh, undying support for for Donald Trump. I look at this and I see a judiciary that is assumed powers that are not delegated to it in anywhere, in any constitution. And this is the problem that we have with the judicial branch, really, and, and a couple of other branches of our, actually all three of them, but uh, assuming powers that were not given to them. Say, well, you know, uh, nobody said anything. We're going to go ahead and take this one and, and right. uh, assume these powers and interfere in an election. But or, I want to, I, I would like to, I'd like to move in a little bit different direction, stay with the issue, but put a different cast to it. We have four prosecutions of Donald Trump. And each time this year, when he was indicted on a particular charge, his polling data went up favorably. Yes. But based on the preliminary information that I'm getting, the country is outraged at what's what your court is doing. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Mr. Trump rise again in the polls. The Democrats, to me, don't seem to be able to get out of their way to do whatever possible they can to elect Donald Trump as president. And I, I don't understand the logic of the political process that would create the opportunities for more and more people to abandon the Democratic Party and vote either independent or Republican in the upcoming primaries in general election. What do you think? Either they're stupid, which I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, I they keep keep swinging at this ball. Apparently, after three strikes, you're not out, and and eventually they'll they'll land a hit, and uh, and and harm him. I think they're banking on this the uh, D.C. case in particular with uh, Jack Smith that he will be convicted and that that will be the uh, the stake through the vampire's heart and he won't be able to rise again or they're actually trying to foment um so much unrest that they could then you know by fiat control the election right not cancel it so, so would yeah. you would you expect that that the the democratic if the if the democratic party continues on the path that they're on, would you expect that the Democratic Convention in Chicago to be totally chaotic? The Democrat or the Republican? <laughs> I think they're yeah. both, both, right? Um, yeah, it, so I, I secretly think that Biden is not going to be on that ticket in 24. I, 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 I think he's toxic to them. They know it. And... Um, I mean, I didn't think that they would keep him after that, you know, two years and a day where they where they can, uh, you know, you can the uh, successor then gets another two full terms they can run run on that they would have uh, found some way to excuse him and uh, offer Kamala some, you know, cushy Gucci uh, NGO CEO uh, leadership role that makes a lot of money. And then they bring in. 
I don't know, Newsom and Polis. You know, okay. Kamala leaves first. Kind of like the Gerald Ford, you know, Richard Nixon deal where the the Veep goes first, you appoint a Veep, then the then the president goes next. So then that Veep, who was unelected, becomes a president and you appoint another uh, vice. Yep. yep. I, I really think that, that uh, I think what's going to play out in the Democratic Convention is that yeah. they will not have they will not have a candidate with enough votes because the primaries they're holding are not going to be able to join and create enough votes that a person can walk into the convention. So it's going to be a brokered convention. And the idea of a brokered convention is that the people in the back room with the big cigars are going to decide what's going to happen here. Exactly. And, I, and I don't think that the people of the country are going to stand for it. Well, I mean, their conventions are usually chaotic. It's so much confusion and stuff that goes on in their in their conventions. Uh, I think I think both of you are are on a, on a uh, on the right track with what could possibly happen. They probably have people waiting in the wings that they're going to put up, uh, including probably Michelle Obama and and Newsom. Um, maybe even Jared Polis, like Todd said, who was our current current governor, take him. <laughs> that's that's please take him. We're tired of him. Take him. But um, th it's going to be interesting to watch this. And I tell you, people all over the country are they're livid. And I think what they're trying to put in place, Todd, and we talked about this briefly yesterday is they're trying to get rioting in the streets. I think that's what they're looking for because I, they, they want to shut it down. They, they seem to be spoiling for a fight. They, they keep trying to egg it on and, and instigate just to make it break so that uh, they can blame Trump for another insurrection and say, see, this is a violent, unruly, unlawful uh, group of people that needs to be put down. Right. And I, I, I mean, I've heard people say, well, yeah, so they can implement martial law. That's it. Does it go that far? I don't know, but it doesn't It doesn't have to be either. There's a whole universe of options between not implementing martial law and implementing martial law. There's a, a, a kind of a universe of other things that they can do there to uh, to vilify and, and control the outcome. Um, I would think that if they have Biden on this ticket, if it's if it's a Biden Trump ticket and biden wins again they'll get what they want they, they will they will they will get the unrest and civil disturbances in the street there's no i just don't see him how they could say yep he got 83 million votes this time no Are you, even the democrats hate this guy so he, i think you have to get, get the 81 of, he didn't get the 81 million they say he got the first time come on you the man the man right. who did not come out of his basement that could not rally 35 people together got more votes than Obama. Give me a break. No one in their right mind believes that. No one. Right. So I, I think they have a the, the easier uh, pill to get the people to swallow would be a, you know, Gavin Newsom versus Ron DeSantis. Right. They would love that. And, and and they just well, I mean, come on, this is Gavin Newsom. I mean, yeah, of course he won. Yeah, the guy who destroyed California single handedly. <laughs> we we know that. We recognize that. Jeez. <laughs> um, oh, 
I wish we had more time, Todd. I appreciate you yeah. jumping on at the last minute like this, but I just wanted people to hear your expertise on this because Todd is just so smart. He plays it down, but he really is. He really is a smart man and he brings a lot to the table. So moms, once again, I'm going to emphasize to you, get that constitution. It's free. Please go and get your constitution, read it so you can understand what is going on. Because I can tell you right now, the Democrats are banking on the fact that the American people are ignorant about the constitution. They are because they're doing these things. So we know they are, but we can't be. We have got to know what's going on. We've got to know when they've overstepped their bounds. And I can tell you right now, they have stepped in it here in Colorado. And so we're hoping that the Supreme Court will, the, the national Supreme Court, the big, the big guys will um, say, yes, we'll take this and they can wait two years to take it. We'll be fine with that. As long as Donald Trump gets back on the ballot, that's all we care about. He's qualified. He's one of the how many do we have now that's qualified to be on the ballot? Four or five? I, I thought uh, it was something like whatever. Yeah, something like that to be on the, the Republican primary ballot. So uh, we just need to make sure that they understand we know that this is not your place, that this is a party decision, and the Republican Party sees Donald Trump as a viable candidate, and he needs to be on that primary ballot. So anyway, thank you, Moms Across America, for joining us. I know this is a different show that we've had before, but this is breaking news, and we wanted to bring that to you. And I'm so glad I have Todd Watkins as my vice chair and that Dave Williams, uh, we worked really hard to make sure that he became our, our party chair, and we're glad that he's there in that position because I don't think any other candidates could handle it the way he is right now. So um, thank you for being with us. And remember, Moms Across America, you are America. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.